When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody! Happy Saturday! Happy Saturday! Um, before we jump in, I'm gonna I'm gonna interview uh, Coach Noel today, who's a friend. Um, our sons played together when they were younger. Um, former college coach, now as a high school coach. Um, we're gonna dive in. I don't think he had gotten a high school job when we uh, when we did this interview a couple months ago. Um, anyway, so before we jump into that, a couple couple reminders. First of all, make sure you subscribe and like, leave a review. We love those. Also, go over and check out our sponsors, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. It is great. I mean, I can't imagine post-Black Friday the a, a better gift to go buy than a Dr. Dish. Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, I know um, I was just talking to a coach in Alaska, a couple coaches in Alaska, and um, they've been pushed back to January. But I can't imagine a better time to work on your craft. Come over and join us at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um it is a one-stop shop for basketball coaches. I had someone ask me today, what is it? And I said, well, it's a little bit of everything to help you become a better basketball coach. And probably the best part is it has us, it has me and my personal email and one-on-one calls and all of those kind of things. If you don't want to do either one of those and you still want to help us out, um, if you're doing any shopping over the next couple of months, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm adding a third basketball podcast just because there's been a demand and I and I've got some ideas on the, on the thing, but if you'd like to help us out, um, when you're shopping, um, on, uh, when you're shopping on Amazon over the next, you know, two or three weeks, if you could type in teachhoops.com backslash Amazon, and it'll take you to the homepage and we'll just get a small little commission on things you buy. Um, that would really help. So we would love that if you would help us out in any way you can. Um, I know some people don't want to necessarily buy the membership, but if you want to help the podcast out, um, that's one small way you can do it. And we get a small little commission for that. So um, anyway, so let's head off to the podcast. It's going to be a great one. Part one today, part two tomorrow. Um, and then next week's going to be um, 
uh, all, all coaching calls. I think it will be a fun week next week. And then, um, I've got some great interviews lined up over the next two or three weeks. But, um, before we jump into that, let's, uh, let's head off to the podcast. All right. Welcome to coach unplugged. I'm going to try to guess which episode this is going to be coach. Um, so coach and I have known each guy. I'm, I was trying to think back when the boys started playing together. It's been a, it, 11 and under 11 and under fourth grade. I think it was coach. What, really? Yeah. Wow. They were in fourth grade and we were in Kakana for practice. Uh, First time you and I met we each were, other. we were with, uh, with, uh, yes. So and before we knew each other, I actually ran into you at McDonald's during the boys practice. So I remember that. Oh, I don't even remember that. I, yeah. uh, I, um, oh, wow. That's small world. I don't even remember. I do. Rem- I remember it now that you said that the funny part is <laughs> your son and my son are going to be able to basically say they were on an AAU team with an NBA guy. Yes, exactly. They will. <laughs> I, and I remember saying back then that if, if I was a coach at Wisconsin, I would offer them in fourth grade. Oh, you and I knew we knew. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we're talking about Jalen Johnson. Like, I, I, you could. I mean, and I was. I think I, I was taking Jalen at that point. I think I was yeah. picking him up and taking him and stuff. And so here's this is the one percenter. We'll get into this in a second. This is what I talk about with Birdwalk and just go down whatever road. I you can tell the great ones yeah. early, like yeah. you can't tell the six man on an NBA roster is easy. But he, this kid's gonna be he he's special. Yeah, Jalen's special. He's next level. He's a great sure. kid, great family. But he's like, oh yeah, you could just t- that was like a basketball. He has a basketball body. Yeah, like yeah, and, and the way he yeah. Creator, he was already like he had he always runs on his tiptoes. I know. So I remember as a fourth grader thinking he ran kind of like Dennis Rodman. You know. Yeah, like, it's like it's like it's like he's walking on air. There, yeah. and, and, and there's some, there's, I don't know if you've been on Twitter or stuff. There was a dunk that he did recently. Yes, I saw that. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Just we're, we're doing this in July. So I'm not sure when this is going to go live, but if you go on Twitter, type in Jalen Johnson dunk, you should be able to find it. I think. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin type in Wisconsin, whatever he's going to Duke. Great kid. Anyway. Um, all right. So Mark and I've known each other a long time. So what I'm going to have you do is introduce yourself. And then I want you to kind of tell your basketball journey. So that's usually the way I start my podcast out. Um, uh, you know, just kind of tell where you where you grew up, where you played, all that kind of stuff. Just give a little background, and then sure. uh, and then you and I. This will be very convers. I told Mark before we came on. This is going to be very conversational because uh, we've known each other so long. So that's good. I don't always do that, and it's, it's I had one last night, and it wasn't as con- – it was a great podcast, but it wasn't as conversational. Yeah. So this will be awesome. So um, just introduce yourself and kind of tell your your story, Mark. Yeah. Um, obviously, my name is Mark Knoll, and I'm from Colfax, Wisconsin is where I grew up. Okay, so you uh, so it's time out, so you got to tell everybody where Colfax is in relation to Wisconsin that are listening. Yep. Colfax is about 25 minutes north of Eau Claire and about 15 minutes northeast of Menominee, Wisconsin. Okay, so how far is it from the Twin Cities, Minneapolis? Oh, it's only an hour and 15 minutes. You can be at the Minneapolis airport. Yeah, so that so people because people all around the world listen to this. So if you think of if you think of it, it's probably yeah. So it's a it would be what an hour hour plus from uh, east of of Minneapolis or the Twin Correct. Cities. And yeah. then 
from from how long would it take you from Colfax to like Milwaukee or Chicago? Two hours, three uh, hours. To Milwaukee, you're looking right at about four hours, four ten. Okay. Like yeah, it's Northern Woods. If you've ever watched on Golden Pond, Colfax is like the North Woods. Yeah, it's yeah, God's it country. Yeah. <laughs> And so grew up in Colfax, Wisconsin, and 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 you'll like this coach, but uh, you know Dick Diener, he was at Colfax, and won his first state championship there in 1978. I did not know that. Yes, and and they had their their tallest starter was six foot tall on that. And team. where did Dick end up then? Well, then he was at Fond du Lac for a long time. Long time. You know, now he's an assistant coach with one of his sons at a Division two school. Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, okay. So I didn't know he won one. He never won one at Fond du Lac. Okay. Um, but I knew I, that they were always, they had some good seasons, good years, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. 1978, they won their, won a state championship there in Colfax. So oh. I was eight years old at the time when that happened. Oh, wow. Uh, I bet that was a big deal in that town. Yeah. Yeah. And they still talk about it, obviously. I bet, I bet <laughs> they do. I bet they do. Um, but growing up, you know, I obviously um, played at Colfax. And then actually my senior year, I, tr- I transferred to Eau Claire Regis High School. Okay. And played for Coach Bill Allman. And Bill Allman is in the, I think he's somewhere around number six, number seven in the state of Wisconsin for all-time wins. Um, and he just retired from the high school um, this year. But uh, from coaching, it was two years ago is when he retired from, from Eau Claire Regis. Okay. Um, and and we went to state champion. We went to the WISA state tournament. Okay. And and to go to the state tournament, we actually beat Madison Edgewood. So right in your neck. Oh wow! Woods. And WISA is WISA was okay. So let me for people that are listening. WISA was the private school bracket in the state of Wisconsin. So we had WIA and we had WISA. I don't remember what year they came together. Now we only have one association, yeah. but it was a separate one. It was private schools and the public schools, but. All right, go ahead. Yeah, and so we made to state, um, beat Edgewood to go to state. In our first game, we were lucky enough to play Nick Van Exel and oh Kenosha St. Joe. Who, who was was Maturi at uh, Edgewood? Who's that coach um, at Edgewood? I, I I think so. He was there for a long time. So, right? Yeah, it could have been. I mean, John Morgan's one of my assistants. He was a head coach there too. Okay. Yeah, you'll have to ask. I'll have to ask John. Can't. I'll have to ask him. I'll have to ask him. So we played Nick Van Exel, and I believe we lost by around six points. We were happy to to hold him to twenty three points. He was averaging almost thirty one points a game a senior year. Right. Um, and then they, I know Jim McElvain was at the state tournament at that same time. Um, and then I, you know, when I graduated from Oak Regis in nineteen eighty nine, I I went through a little phase there. I was trying to decide what my next move was, you know, and and whether I wanted to. Um, you know, what level of basketball I wanted to try to maybe play at, all those things. And I ended up um, going to Madison College for one year and, and played okay. for Mike Dyer there. Okay. And, and Mike Dyer still lives in Madison. Yeah. And actually his daughter, Michaela, played for me in AAU basketball. And and she went on to play at North Dakota okay. and was their all-time leading scorer for their Division One era that, that they've had when she graduated. Okay. Um, but Coach Dyer and I still have a great relationship. We still talk quite a bit. Um, and then after that, I left and went and played at Mount Scenario College for Eddie Andrus. Oh, and, I know Eddie. And we yep. won a national championship in 1991 there at, for small schools. And uh, had did a, he? You know, yeah. 
and how long was he there? How long was he there? Eddie was there from 1990 to 2000 because in 2000 he got the head job at UW Stouts. Okay. Okay. And I actually helped him. I was an assistant there for one year, but okay. So I played for Eddie. We won a national championship, met a lot of great friends, guys that are, I just lost them somehow. No, yeah, you're still on. I got gotcha. you. Okay. I got gotcha. you. All right. One second, coach. I That's think right. you lost this game. There you go. And uh, um, we don't after, edit this. We don't edit this. So anyone's listening, we don't edit this. We just leave it. Go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say anything bad then. No, yeah. Don't swear. Or I'm going to have to put an E on it. But otherwise, we just leave it. It's okay. It's it's real. Go ahead. <laughs> so after uh, Mount Scenario, um, I actually, my, my dad, um, my sister is four years younger than me and, and she always had a really good team that she played. And my dad always coached my teams, youth teams and my sister's youth teams. And they were always going over to Minnesota being, it's only an hour away and playing in a lot of big AAU tournaments there. Right. And, and not knowing that they were AAU. And one of this guy asked my dad, like, Hey, what is, what do you guys, what do you, do you guys play AAU in Wisconsin? My dad's like, what is that? So right. he found out and put together a team and, and went to a national tournament. And this is when I was uh, a going into my senior year. Okay. And that's how I got into coaching on the women's side of the game was okay. because of AAU connections. Right. And, um, so way back. So they put together a team. I remember I was helping my dad coach his team. We went to the nationals and we thought we had this really good team from North Northwest Wisconsin and we were playing a team from California that had five girls that were, you know, all six foot plus, and they had right. one that was six five in eighth grade, you know, and and that's kind of what started a lot of my love for for women's basketball, especially. Right. Um, then as as I uh, transitioned and actually got hired at Mount Scenario College, Eddie Andrus hired me to be the women's coach when I was twenty three years old, and it it. it um, I was there for one year, did that one year, and um, decided – I got Mark Thomas at UW-Stout, who was the all-time winningest coach at UW-Stout and second all-time in the WIAC for women's basketball, asked me to come and help him at UW-Stout. Okay. So as I was there, um, I was there for two stints, the one in the late 90s, and I helped helped him win their – school's first ever women's basketball championship in 1997. Okay. Um, and then I was there for two years with coach Thomas. And then uh, I, I got hired by a family to be a personal trainer for their kids. I did that for a couple years. And then Eddie Andrus got hired at UW Stout for the men's coach. And I was living there. So he asked me to be an assistant with him. <laughs> so I did that for one year. And then I went back to the personal training for after that, because at that time they wouldn't allow you to do AAU and college at the same time, which now they do. Okay. But back then they didn't. So I was only doing it at a year at a time and I would get out of it so I could still do the AAU stuff. Right. Um, and then in 2003, I went back to the women's basketball side with Mark Thomas and in 2005, six, and seven, we won the conference championship and the and the tournament championship, and made to Sweet 16 two times, and had a great time. And as and then after that third championship in a row, 
I kind of knew it was time for me to become a head coach. Right. <laughs> and decided that, you know, I started, I applied for two jobs and, and I won't name the other one, but I was in the final four for that one. But before I could get any further with that one, the University of Dubuque offered me their job. Right. And I took it. Okay. And so I was there for 13 years. And in our 13 years at, at UD, um, we basically broke every record that there is at the school. Uh, before we got there, they had five winning seasons in 26 years. And in my 13 years, we had six winning seasons and all six. So of them what other schools? So tell people what other schools are. I forget what other schools are in Dubuque other than University of Dubuque. In the city of Dubuque? Yeah. We have lower. There was Lawrence College there. Okay. Yep. And Clark University. Clark. There. Clark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clark. Okay. Yeah. And Clark's yep. NAIA, right? Yes, they're NAIA. Okay. Yep. So that's a little different. And they used to be in the same conference. All three of them used to at one time were all in the same conference together, but now They've been separated for a while. That's probably um, better, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. it really is. It's, <laughs> tough, think... it's tough just having another rival in your same city. You know, it was that at the was, same that was at the same level. It's got to be like if they're D one, it doesn't matter. But they're they're competing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was tough. Um, but it made it for it made it a lot of fun too. You know, those games were sold out. You know, basically sold out every time we would play Loris College. There would be. You know, at UD, our gym would seat about 2,100, and there would be 2,100 people. People there. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Oh, um, well, I bet. In 2015, we won the school's first ever women's basketball championship. You know, before we got there, the best they'd ever done was one time they finished fifth place. Right. And 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 the during my time, we finished fifth twice, finished third twice, second and first. It's a great facility. It's great. Yeah, it's up it on the hill and yeah. Yeah. The university's put a lot of money into the school and it, you know, it's a very, it's a very nice school. I, I, I worry um, about the, I worry about those schools now. Yes. I do. I think there's a lot of private schools I would be very worried about just, you know, cause they do live on that it's tuition, you know, it's, it's enro enrollment driven. It is. You know? And so right now it's, it's some of these schools I'm sure are really going to be stretching their every dollar that they get. Right. Oh, I, I bet. And if kids don't show up or they decide they don't want to do it or yeah, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be a unique world for people that are, they're listening to this years from now. It's like we're in the middle of the pandemic right now when we're taping well, this or like coach, literally one thing I would do is I, if I was out there looking at private schools as a, as a young person, this, and there's a lot of different advice there, but one I would give is look at the school's endowment, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that will tell you. Know, you, Drew, you know, Drew, my Drew's going to Middlebury. Yes, I saw You know what their awesome. endowment is? What is it, Coach? It's $1.1 <laughs> with a yeah. B. So if people aren't hearing it, B, billion. And the school is like 2,800 kids. Yeah, they'll be okay. They're okay. Like, they're not going to go under. Like the, the stuff they're sending out right now, it's like, well, we're going to do all this. Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um, just a couple things. First of all, big shout out to teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. They allow us to do these. They, you know, um, they'll, they allow us to become me, become a better basketball coach, but allow us to keep, you know, the equipment and the editing and all the things I need to do to run three podcasts, high school hoops and teacher side gig. And this one, um, that allows me to pay the bills. So go over and check it out. And if you like this podcast, we would ask that you go over and subscribe and leave a review wherever um, you listen. We would appreciate that.
all right, let's head back to the pike. Like, well, we're going to do all this testing. It's like they're, they're just going to do whatever they got to do. Um, yeah. yeah, so Drew's taking a gap year, but I don't know if you knew that. I he's going to Yeah, he's going to take a year off. I think that's a good decision for him. Yeah. And I might, he might, we might all kill each other in our house before that happens, but we'll see. <laughs> Depends on the, the day. Same, I, I understand it a hundred percent. I get it. You he know? just doesn't want to do online. He just yeah. doesn't want to do like the miserable online stuff. And I don't blame and on the, him. On the, as you know, on the East coast, that's where you're seeing and East and West right now is where you're seeing a lot of the D threes and other conferences that are putting it off until well, Ivy's semester. Ivy's called off sports. Yeah. And and the NASDAQ, which is there in the NASDAQ, they called off all fall sports. Done. Not happening. It's all, yeah. it's over. Yeah. So like, I, I think that is the right decision to take a gap year. And yeah. And, and you know, sometimes that's a good, that's some, some, I did that as, as, as myself. And right. that during that year is probably one of the best things for me. Cause it really helped me get focused on what I really. Oh yeah. He's going to figure I think he's going to go, I think he's going to go traveling with his, with his um, cousin some and um okay. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll just whatever. It's like, yeah. Yeah. If if you if you go anywhere and you come back, I'm quarantining you. Like I told him, I said I'm gonna get you a hotel room, and you're gonna not gonna get close to me for like a week if you go <laughs> anywhere. But that's fine. That, that's all yeah. cool. Um. All right. So let's talk. Let's talk hoops a little bit. So what did you? What did you? This is this is some of the specific questions I have. So when you went into UD, was there anything you did as far as building the program? Cause that always intrigues me when people take over programs like that, that hadn't been, cause yeah. I did that in Memorial too. They were horrible. And it's like, it always intrigues me how people tackle that problem. Yeah. For me, coach, what, what I did and obviously being a college, college situation is different obviously than a high school, but some ways you can be similar. Um, and the, I was fortunate enough that I surrounded myself with other, you know, good assistant coaches and good help. And, and, and I just decided, you know what, we're, here's what we're going to do. And actually when I was at Stout, I took over the tennis program and never, I was not a tennis player and, <laughs> and never coached tennis, you know, but the athletic director asked me if I would do it. I said, sure. And then realized that they had had six years in a row of not winning a tennis match. Right. Okay. And my first year we won two, the second year we won five, third right. year, I think it was seven. The fourth year we were up to 12. Right. And the best season they still have ever had. Right. Um, so when I found out during that experience was it's all about numbers and recruiting. So my first year at, at UD, we brought in 19 players. My second year, we brought in 17 players. And I started a JV program, which they had not they did not have at that time. Right. And right. gave them a schedule of about 10 to 12 games a year. And, and, you know, and, and we found out in a hurry who, who, was, who wanted to work hard, who was really committed right? and who was all, who was all about it. Who was all in. Yep. Yeah. So what, what makes it hard recruiting at that level? Well, obviously, you know, and I, what the great thing for me is I have experience in the private schools and the public schools. Right. When, when I was at UW Stout and we'd go out recruiting, all those years, I never got asked once what it would cost to go to UW Stouts. No one ever really? asked. No one ever asked. You know, because it's a state school. They and they just looked it up. Or, yeah. yeah. When I'm at the University of Dubuque, the first thing that they, would, they always asked me was, was what's it going to cost? You know, and I would have to explain to them that it's a process and we're going to have to, you know, apply and, and you're going to have to look at your grades. We're going to have to look at all those things. 
Right. And so it's a different, it's a different game. But well, and I think, and then this is, this is important for, especially for the listeners. It's like, you don't necessarily play sticker. Like, yeah. like, you know, yeah. If, so, so anybody, if you want to, if you want some fun, Google what Middlebury costs. I won't say it on air. Google it. How much it costs. I'm not paying that. Trust me. Yeah. So I'm not. And that's what I, I always try to explain <laughs> that to everyone. Steve was, don't get caught up on the sticker price because no one ever pays that unless you're not going to file for financial aid. You're not going to do right, anything. And, or you just like, I got so much. I just want my kid to go there. Here's the check. Let him in. And they'll let yeah. them in then. Trust me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They'll let them in if they write a check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so that was the big difference for me when with recruiting between the public and private schools, but how we really started it at UD and really got it going right away. And, and it was fun because when I took that job, I remember the athletic director telling me we would be lucky to win five games that first year. And, and when did they and, build the gym? Um, that was, well, in my second year. That was in the second year that I was there that that gym got finished. Okay. And then, so in my, my first year, we played in the practice gym, which is right down the hall. I'm not sure if you ever saw that or not. But we have two I don't know if I saw that, that one. How many, How much did that seat? Um, the old one, or the new? The, the one old one. The old one was probably around eight hundred and fifty, nine hundred, maybe. And 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 how did and how did that work with the boys program and practicing and all those kind of things? Yeah, and that's what you know. We would always, I would always sell that with my recruits is that we're fortunate that we have two gyms and one facility, so we would always practice at roughly at the same time but we would just alternate every other day with the men and the women. Okay. So if one day we're in the main gym, the next day we're in, we're in the practice gym and we just rotate it. And then we worked the system out where comp, when we got the conference games, you know, we would make sure that we were in the gym before the conference game and the next conference game, the men were. Oh. So we'd rotate that too. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Like what we do for ours is we always practice we have a field house too, but we always practice early the day before a game, you know? Okay. Um, cause I, I only want to practice in the court I play in cause that's just yeah. me. Um, yeah. but I always get, I, yeah. So we always work. So those, those things logistically are so important. I know. I, I yeah. agree. Um, and one thing we did coach that was always fun is like we, our games are always double headers. Conference games were double headers with the, with the men's program ah. and the women would always play first. Okay. okay. And the men would play second. And, and once we build that, we, our second year, once we built the JV program, after our varsity games, we would go just down the hall to our other gym and play the varsity reserve game after the, until all the parents, all the kids, everyone's there. And so I would try to get as many of these other teams that we were playing um, to make sure that they would bring enough to play another game. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And so basically, in the, in, and now it's called the American Rivers Conference, but um, every team in the conference basically has a JV program now. Well, and that's good for, it's good for admissions too, because they're getting kids to come to the school. And what's the, what was the radius, your recruiting radius? Yeah, I, I basically had a four hour radius of the University of Dubuque. Okay. But also with that said, um, your contacts, you know, and, and I had kids from as Texas, um, Georgia, Utah, the country of Qatar. Right. I've had uh, Germany. I had kids from all those places come play for me at UD. Okay. So our main one was 
four hours, but we would also reach out of that with our contacts. And what percentage are Minneapolis? Well, how many kids that came from Minneapolis? Yeah. Literally, I really didn't recruit Minnesota that much because we were still um, almost five hours from Five hours too far. Okay, so it's yeah. basically Wisconsin. Okay. I did have two to three kids from Minneapolis area come play for me, but majority, really where we would hit more coach is in Chicago. You know, Chicago's only two and a half hours away. Right. And so we got a lot of kids from Chicago and to the point where I would say majority of the time it was pro if I had to guess, honestly, on a normal season and stuff, our our program was probably forty to forty five percent Wisconsin, another thirty to thirty five percent um Illinois, and then the twenty, twenty five percent um Iowa. And that's where, where nice. in I where in Iowa they come from mostly? Um mostly the eastern part, you know, from the central on over to eastern because in in the state of Iowa, if in my opinion, Des Moines, Ames over that way, they look at Dubuque kind of like how you probably look at Superior. You know, that's just so far away and that they don't want it. there's nothing no reason to go over there. Okay. You know? Yeah. And so we would just kind of stay more on the eastern part. Right. Of the I mean, yeah, you're not going to recruit a kid from Madison to go to Superior very often. Right. Yeah. It's just not going <laughs> to happen. I mean, I I can't even I can't even think of a kid that's played basketball that gone to Superior from Madison. Yeah, me neither. Ever. Like it's just it's a different world. Like, yeah. Yes, and it's just not this just doesn't appease them. It's you know, when they've grown up in a Madison that just doesn't it's right. not what they want. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's an interesting – I think recruiting like that is an interesting cookie in the sense that, like, Madison Edgewood, which is a D3 school in Madison, has a hard time getting Madison kids. Yeah. Like, they want to leave. Like, it's, yeah. they don't, they don't want to go to the little school in the big city. Um, and I've always said that, Coach, in, you know, my 21 years of recruiting, when, you know, and you can tell – I'd like to hear from you how many of your players have gone on to play, even in the WIC, because – I, I feel like the Madison kids, for whatever reason, like you just said, they really want to get out. So they go to schools everywhere else except for really Wisconsin, it almost feels like. It, 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 I, it, it's, it, it, I mean, I can think of a couple this year that are going to some WEACs, but um, yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Um, that, is a, that is a unique thing. Um, I don't know. It could be a Madison thing, but it's the same with Milwaukee. You don't see a lot of the Milwaukee kids going, you no. know, you see them going to Whitewater a little bit, yep. um, but you don't see them. I mean, yeah, it's, a, I think that's, I think that's interesting. I think recruit recruiting is an interesting cookie. It really is. It really is. And um, that's what makes it, a, that's what makes it a, a fun job. You know, when, when you are recruiting and meeting so many different people and families and, and how do you do that? During the season, do you send assistants out or, or do you go out or I mean, how during you... the season, it made it a little harder because if our practices, practices typically were uh, almost like a four to six, or if I got lucky and it was a three thirty to five thirty range, that, that only gave me an hour and a half window to get somewhere by game time, you know? So once in a while I might be able to leave a little early and and let the assistants run the practice but a lot of times they're the ones that were you know going out and and maybe going to the games over three hours or two and a half hours away right and 
a lot of phone calls. That's where I came in play is, you know, talking to them on the phone and, and building those relationships. And when, and when, when did that window start? Your recruiting window. Yeah. I would say for, for me, you know, everyone's a little different. You know, now I think they've given us a, a window now that you could talk to these kids earlier than you used to be able to, but I still think division three, you're going to see most of them talking to them probably in the spring of their junior years where it starts to pick up. Right. That's where it kind of starts to pick up because if, if I'm recruiting a kid too early and, and, and obviously they're all, everyone wants that kid that's that borderline division two type kid. Right. Well, you might spend a lot of time on that kid and then all of a sudden they're going division two, which that's going to happen. You right. Know, if you're, you know, if you got a good program, you're going to, you're going to go after those kind of kids. But I would say usually in the junior year, going into that 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 um, summer, where you if if they decide that they are playing on a club team or whatever, that you can go and watch them, then that's when we start to maybe get it down to honestly about a hundred kids in the right. summer, and then during the summer into the fall is when we start finding out who's really serious. And, who, and what's who, the hardest thing to rec- what's the hardest thing to recruit? Like the hardest thing. Yeah. Is it a, is it a forward? Is it a shooter? Is it a, it's going to be your five player because you know, anyone on, on just like on men's basketball and men's basketball, if anyone's six, six and they can run and, and, and not trip over their own feet, they got a good chance of getting some money somewhere. Right. You know, so on the women's side, it's right around that six foot range. Anyone that's six foot or taller that, that has a little skill to them or at least has that potential that, that they're, they're probably going to get some kind of money somewhere, you know, and that's what made recruiting interesting in Iowa versus Wisconsin, Iowa. You have a lot of uh, junior colleges that all offer scholarships and any schools that offer scholarships where in Wisconsin, they don't, that, you know, now they've even made it the schools that they do have basketball even smaller but none right. of them offer scholarships really. One does in Wisconsin. Right. Um, and then there's only two NAI schools in Wisconsin. Right. Is NAI dying? Um, you know, I obviously, I, I, I don't want to say anything bad that anyone's going to take it the wrong way. I, I don't think it's dying. I think one thing that they've done, which I, I, in my opinion is really smart for the NAI is they're going into one division. They this are. Year. So I was talking to an NAIA coach recently. That's in, that's intriguing to me. Um, yes. I think and it's I think good for the, I think it's good. I just I worry about the big, and that wasn't a rip on NAIA. I think NAIA is great. I think it's got yeah. a spot. I think JUCO has a spot. It's more. I always worry about Big Brother coming in and eating them. Like yes, the NCAA you're, is going. Yeah, you're gonna have oh. the haves and yeah, the haves and have nots, right? Right. But. I still I don't know the rules because I'm not an NAI it wasn't an NAI coach but I, I have friends that are and I I believe that they're gonna have it where I think the max is like eight eight scholarships right you know but some schools may not be able to give out eight full rides right you know they might only have four or five right. and then they split it up amongst however many yeah kids it's they like want. it's like being a baseball it's like a, being a baseball coach I know it's like you, you, the good players don't you know take up one of the eight and then it's like you gotta you get a third i mean that's like that's the funny part i think about division two um in at least in the boys side it's like some of these schools in minnesota they'll offer them a scholarship but they're giving them 30 percent like yes and then and then it would be cheaper for them to go to platteville like yeah 
you know, okay. I mean, I, I, part of it is they're running after the number, which just irritates me to no end. Yes. Um, yeah, and I was going to say that. You know they're, they're just going after. They want to be able to tell everyone they got a scholarship and that, and that they're going Division two or whatever division right, it is. Right, right. And it's like, really? It's like, okay, that's, that's fine. I, I, always tell them, I always tell the guys that don't, don't chase the number, man. Find the school. Don't chase yes. the number. It's like there's, there's bad D1 schools you could go to, but it doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Um, you're not going to get oh, yeah. a good education either. Um, so um, <laughs> to be honest with you, you'll get as good an education in the WEAC as you will anywhere. What, um, so if you had to summarize your coaching philosophy, give me, give me a, give me a two paragraph summary of your coaching philosophy. What would it be? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give him a pause. I'll give him a second to gather himself. So I'll talk for a second to give him a second. Cause I, this isn't on my sheet, but it intrigues me. I just, yeah, I've seen your teams play. So it just intrigues me. Well, I think, I, I think you have to start first with building relationships and, and, and having uh, relationships with, with your players and, and, and obviously their families, all that stuff is, is very important. Hey everybody, I hope you enjoy it. Make sure you subscribe. Um, we would really appreciate that. Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen, five, those five-star reviews mean a ton to us. Uh, also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.